do it. Welcome to Moms on the Rise Now podcast with me, Cassie Burgos. You are listening to episode number 11. And today I have a special guest with me, one of my very close friends, Maria Estrada. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's up? (laughs) What's up, girl? (laughs) So me and Maria met. um, We're so bad at math, especially together. I'm going to say seven years ago. I got my license in 2014. And I started, I know, isn't that crazy? Crazy. Amelia was a baby. Um, so we met at PMZ real estate. You were looking for someone to kind of team up with. Right. And we talked and then we found out we had the same birthday. Oh my God. Is that crazy or what? (laughs) We were like, this is meant to be like, it's so weird because like I could see a lot of you and me. And right. I'm like, why? Why? And then we're like, okay, what are you doing for your birthday? I'm like, what, what's your birthday? And, and we were freaked <laughs> out. We were like, oh my God, we have the same. And remember the other two girls, jo, um, jo, is it Josie and Rosalie had the same birthday too, right? Oh, right. right. Is it either right, right before us or right, right after right us? Right after us. Yeah. So we're all in July. Yeah. That's so cute. So anyways, so then it was meant to be after that. We Cancers. knew. We knew, yeah. <laughs> a little crazy, but we're very loyal. We were just talking about this. Oh my God, that's crazy. And it gets yeah. us in trouble because we're overly loyal, I think. But that's Absolutely. Okay. okay, so Maria, um, you're married with two kids. How long have you been married? We just did the math. <laughs> you can't mess this up. <laughs> I know. Well, after like so many years, you know, you start losing track. Oh, I bet. And year after year, it's just like, you know, it just goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm coming up to my 23rd anniversary in October. Ooh, girl. Married my high school sweetheart. Aww. Oh, my God. It's crazy, right? What's his name? Jesse. Jesse's hot. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a hot couple. From the moment I saw him, I was like, he's like, mine. Yep, it's over. <laughs> you have two sons together. Two sons. Their names? Uh, Matthew and Isaac. Isaac is going to be 20. Oh, in November, and Matthew will be 17 next month. And and how's that been? It's been great. You know, I have really good kids. They're just, you know, I... And what mother doesn't say that about their kids, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> but I think, you know, with this pandemic, um, I've been able to create such a unique bond. And, you know, we always try to look at the positive side mm-hmm. of the pandemic. And I think that's one of my positive sides of being able to spend time with them and to really dig in deep into because they're young adults now yeah their mindset's a little different right they're not kids anymore so we have like really good conversations and the connections like really 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 great right now right Mm -hmm. so I know when the pandemic hit your son was going to San Francisco State University right and I remember when we talked on the phone and you had to drive him there to go pack his stuff. Remember that? How scary that all was when, when I was first happening? dropped? When I, oh, when I. When you had to go, I think you had to go pick him up and like pack his stuff for him to come home, right? Right. When everything was first starting. So yeah, he called me and he's like, mom, um, it's a little crazy out here. Don't worry, but everything is fine. I'm in my dorm. But there's talk about um, students that are going to go out and protest. And I'm like, right. you cannot go out and protest. Right. We're in, you know, we don't know <laughs> about this virus. Like, you yeah. need to stay put. Do not go anywhere. And San Francisco was like a hot spot for right. everything. Right. So, you know, as a mother, you know, I was worried. I was like, oh, my God, what if, 
you know, he's at the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. And or get sick with COVID. Right. And so I said, no, you stay inside. Um, I will Mama drive over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I went and I got him and I just brought him home and we just didn't know it was going to come. Right. That. And has he gone back since? Like on campus. So we went back and we got his things. Mm-hmm. He had to turn in his keys. And that was a little... A little sad because he was really disappointed. Yeah. He, he was to, loving it there. Oh, he was loving it. Yeah. Enjoying every every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now is he home now still? So he's home. He's taking online classes okay. and working. So in the beginning, nice. he was just like, what am I going to do? This is not fair. But For sure. I think what he failed to realize was like everybody was going through the same yeah. problem. Yeah. Like he felt stuck. He felt like, you know, there was... He just, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing and missing out on that experience. Exactly. So, you know, we just had a hard, hard conversation and we're like, look, you know, um, I call him puppy. I'm like, look, puppy, you cannot, you know, dwell on, you're so young. You just, you have no idea. Like this is just a hurdle. (laughs) Like you have your whole life ahead of you. This is one bad thing in the midst of all the crazy things that are to come. And so he's like, yeah, but I just feel like I'm missing out. And I'm like, missing out on what? Because all your friends are home too. Right. Experiencing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So you know what? Let's just get through this. Do what you could do. Um, Get yourself a job. I don't care where it is. Right. And he did. And he did. Yep. He did. And, um, and it's helped him quite a bit. You know, it's that is established some discipline. Yes. And um, gratitude. Right. Be, having everything stripped away so fast at right. that age. I really can't imagine. I do think it's going to have a positive effect, though. I think that these children, the mm-hmm. ones that were going into college and experiencing that, they're going to really look at it as being thankful for what they have. I oh, really yeah. think their perspective is going to be a lot different. Yeah. And I could see it already. Right. Like, exactly. I, like. You know, I was just trying to keep his mind busy and right. just try to like, okay, you know, you need to start reading. You need to listen to podcasts. You need to keep your mind busy. And right. And um, he, at first he was a little resistant, but then he started listening to mama and he's like, there we go. You know, <laughs> picking up books and now he's, oh, you got to read this book, mom. And he'll read me little paragraphs of one book and it's mind blowing because it's like, oh my God, like he's really grasping what yeah. I what I wanted him and he's to, like becoming right he's he's learning he's, and he's changing and mm-hmm. and that must be really cool to see that it's different when you have little ones like I have little ones right now and to think about them getting older and having to guide them into adulthood to me that seems much more challenging and difficult and scary than when they're little and you can control everything they're doing yeah, you know? but you know what? I think for me, it was it's actually easier right now. Yeah, um, you've said that. You tell you yeah, told me for I'm years like, it'll I get wonder, better. <laughs> like I always wonder, like God, how like how did I get through that? Like I, I mean, I know that I always wanted to be a mother, right? Right, and, right. But at the same time, it's like it was a struggle for me because I'm not. I'm not like very attentive when it comes to like, okay, get up in the morning, change. Like I, I, my expectations have always been like, you do it on your own. Like you figure it out. Uh And so it was a struggle for me because I expected a lot of that, of of them to do a lot of that, right? which, you know, they, they did. And it made them better. I parent the same way where I'm very much, Mm -hmm. you got to figure it out. 
You know what I mean? Right. And, and I like that. And not a lot, not all parents are like that. That's not everybody's style. Right. And I think, you know, um, I got through that and I'm not saying that it was a bad experience. Right. Which, you know, every, every stage of, of their, you know, growing up is, is beautiful. It's a beautiful stage, yeah, you know, definitely. So, but now I just have like this connection with them where now we're, you know, adults and talking about different things about life. And, you know, now they're paying attention more when we travel to the little details and they even like that. bring, bring it up. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I didn't even notice that. And they're noticing it. So then they're you like know, teaching you things. Right, they yeah. are. It's yeah. crazy. I'm like, what? That is so beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So then how old were you when you had your first son? So I actually, uh, we planned everything. You know, we wanted to plan everything and be like the perfect. Perfect family. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we got married in 1998. So when I first got pregnant, I was 29. 29, okay. And, um, but I had a miscarriage. Okay. Yeah, so my first uh, pregnancy was a miscarriage. I <laughs> I remember I was just um, a few months, I think I was 13 weeks when I had the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was a little struggle because it was scary. It's like, okay, you know, my, my doctor told me that I should wait a year. And I did. I waited a year. And then, you know, we got pregnant with Isaac. But just going through that and not knowing that it was so common. Yeah, Miscarriages are so common. And it's right. like, oh, my God, what did I, what did I, where did I fail? Like, how did this happen to me? You blame I yourself was, a lot of the time. Because right before, like, kitchen off for six months, I was taking care of myself. Right. Eating healthy. I started taking prenatal <laughs> vitamins. Like, like, you really planned this. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what did, what did I do wrong? And so the blame sank in. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. Did and you then, and Jesse get closer through that? Or did it did it cause a rift in the marriage? How did it affect you guys together? I think it was really... For him, it was probably more like, okay, we're going to get through this. We're right. going to try again. But I had the fear of not getting pregnant again. Right. Like, okay, oh my God, like, what if I'm... What if I never have kids? Right. Right. So that was scary, you know? But I think also, the struggle for me was more of because of my upbringings. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember vividly, like, telling my mom, I don't feel good. Like, I feel like I'm cramping. And, and she's like, well, lay down, you know, don't get up for anything. Mm-hmm. But she was, she was in a loving way. She was, like, in a, a, a little bit cold, too. Like, right. she was, like, you know, just... Tough, tough, tough. Be yes. tough about it. You're, you're going to be fine. Because she had lots of children. Right. She right? had 10, right? Right. <laughs> and so, she's telling me, you know, like, just go lay down and... I couldn't even sleep, just worried, worried, worried. And this and is when you were pregnant with Isaac. You were really worried, right? Oh, with, with my miscarriage. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So prior to Isaac. Prior to Isaac. So then, you know, I just ended up going to the doctor, and the doctor confirmed, hey, you know what, we can't hear the heartbeat anymore. Okay, gotcha. And so that was really heartbreaking because then, you know, you just feel like, oh my God, like your whole world just changed. You had right. all these... You were preparing. Yeah, you were preparing and you've, you've had... Everybody knows. Now you got to tell everybody. Yes, yes. So I remember just telling my mom, I said, Mom, you know, I just um, I just had a miscarriage. And I'm like crying, bawling. And she's... Right. I, didn't, I didn't see too much of an emotion in her. Like she was just more like, 
oh, it's very common, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get through this and you'll get pregnant again. And I'm like, how do you know this? Like, right. you know, you don't, you have no clue what I'm feeling. But she was just a little bit more like, um, you know, tough enough. just tough. Yeah, because she's, she's a tough woman. Right. She raised 10 kids. And she... so for me, it was like, it was a little scary because yeah. then I felt like then at that point I was all alone. I couldn't right. go to my mom. Right. I couldn't go to my husband. You just wanted to be kind of babied, like right. nurtured and kind of loved through that experience right. where it was like toughen up. It happens to women all the time. Right. Which is so sad. It was sad. Because you need to grieve that loss. That's well, a I think because, big loss. Yeah. And I think it's, again, it's the upbringings, you know. Yeah, it every, truly is. Every family is different. Every culture is different. And for my mom, that was just, you know. Um, and then again, you know, when I got pregnant with Isaac, I started feeling kind of the same symptoms. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I learned my lesson and I didn't tell anybody until I made sure really? like I was already in my second trimester. Wow. Mm-hmm. But Jesse knew, of course. Oh, yeah. Jesse knew right away. Yeah. And he knew your fears, I'm sure. Or he were did. you even scared we to were, talk with we him? Were, yeah. At that point, we were just like, okay, we're going to take it really easy. Right. Like, I was, like, not um, just relaxing and taking good care of myself. Right. And, um, but when I got the symptoms again, I was just like, oh, no, this is not happening again. Right. Like, I don't of think I can go through this again. Be. Right. You know, right. and I can I can't even imagine, like, the women that go through this over multiple and over times again. and they keep trying mm-hmm. they're so brave i i don't know how they do it either right right and now we're speaking out about it i feel like when you were pregnant and and went through a miscarriage there was no media like there is now it can be a good thing a bad thing right because media can really warp your mind and right. mess you up but there was no community in that sense right. you were really alone right there was no platform to kind of ask for help or ask for support right right there, there wasn't and then, you know, and, the, and the, the struggle too is like, you know, with every pregnancy and after, even if you have a miscarriage, like you don't know your hormones are out of whack. Like, oh, they completely are. Like you don't know if this is part of your hormones or right. you're just are you like losing it? grieving or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I had to be tough. Mm-hmm. I had to put on a strong face. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Jesse would come home and I had to be like, okay, nothing's wrong. Right. But deep down inside, I was just like. It was eating me up. Yeah. You know, and then I would bring it up a little bit and then I would just kind of be resistant to see how his reaction was to see like, okay, how much more can I express? Exactly. Without getting into a conflict in my marriage, you know? Right. Yeah. And so a lot of that I was like just holding in because I just didn't want to, I wanted to be that tough wife. Yes. Okay. I get that. You know, so, but at the same time, it's, it's. It's suppressing something that needs to be brought up. Mm-hmm. But then again, like you said, social media is not there. Like my sisters were not really around either. Right. So. And being alone in that's the worst feeling. Yeah. It There's really nothing is. worse than that. It really is. So then you had Isaac. So then I had Isaac. Mm-hmm. My little bubble of joy. <laughs> <laughs> and was there any depression, anxiety? Was there anything? No. With in Isaac? fact, actually. Oh my God, I love that whole, well, with both my kids, my pregnancies were like the best. Like I, I love loved that. being pregnant. Right. You've always said I that. I got <laughs> all the attention. Like, yeah. You know, I was the queen and yes. was, everything I wanted yep. was brought to me. Like I, Jesse just like super, he just. Super dad when yeah, you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. He spoiled me big time. So, um, 
No, I didn't feel anything like that with Isaac because um, I remember during that time, I had a, my oldest brother was going through chemo. He mm-hmm. had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And so he was um, visiting from Bakersfield. So we, my whole family, my whole siblings, everyone was down from Mexico and, you know, wow. we were all over the place. And so for my, uh, for the birth of Isaac, everybody was here. Oh, so I had like, so I had exciting. everybody, like it was just like, my first child, my firstborn. I right. had my whole family here. Everybody was in, in the, at the hospital, oh. and you know, I just, I just enjoyed that moment. Right, it was a beautiful, except for the for the labor, of course. Right, I was right. in labor for like twenty three hours. <laughs> Ooh, labor, girl. Was crazy. <laughs> so, but that was you know afterwards. It was everybody was helping. Mm-hmm. My mom came and stayed with me for that. two weeks. She would, you know, because I had the C-section, so I was taken care of. With, right. And, um, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel anything um, because I just felt, I felt complete. There was so much love. There was. And joy and support. hmm But with Matthew, on the other hand, it was a little different. I noticed it right away. I was like. So how many years are they apart? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Two and so and then half. you had Isaac. Were you working? I was working. Okay. So when you were pregnant with Matthew, you were working. So I was working. Okay. I was working. And I'm and sure I, that was hard. <laughs> that was hard because I was a um, office manager. So I had a lot of... Responsibilities. Responsibilities. Yeah. You know, and so just dealing with that and then uh, I wasn't gaining weight. I wasn't... I probably gained like 16 pounds through my whole pregnancy. That doesn't surprise me. You're small. <laughs> You're small. <laughs> Well, with Isaac, I think I, you know, it was like like a normal pounds. amount, yeah. right? So I was a little worried. Um, so you're already pretty stressed, it sounds right. Like, when you're and then you know, the doctor's like, once you have a C-section, any labor after that's going to have to be a C-section. So I didn't want a C-section right. the second time. I wanted to experience, you know, full labor, but I was like, okay. So we scheduled a C-section, and uh, he actually came two two weeks earlier. Two weeks earlier. Two weeks earlier okay. than the C-section. And, and was the he C-section big? was, no, he was tiny. because tiny. Actually, I delivered a little um, after eight months. Okay. So he was, I don't know if you would call that a premium or not. How much did he weigh? He weighed five, like five, six. No, I don't think that's premium. But he was so that's on like compared cusp. to Isaac. Yeah. Isaac yes. was a big boy. Right. He was like eight pounds. That's you know? big, so yeah. He was, big, he was a big boy. And but so, he was healthy. He was healthy. Yep. Everything was good. Um, when when he first, you know, they go in there and they cut me open. Right. And, you know, they take the baby. And he didn't really cry like Isaac. So we were really worried. Like, they took him away right away. So it's right. like the fear sank, sank yes. in. Yes. We didn't know if we were going to have a boy or girl that, really? uh, that time around. So it was just like, oh my God, what do we have? So yeah. we didn't even know because they just took him and he's like not crying. But right. I guess, you know, they just had to get Suction all that junk out. And, and yeah. So, and then we heard that cry. I was like, oh, okay, relief. Such you know? relief. And um, yeah, he was a healthy, beautiful boy. He was just small. And I knew that he was just going to grow into himself. Right. Yeah. So you experienced, we think, postpartum depression. Well, with Matthew, it was kind of weird because I was like, okay, it's very different. And I know, you know, every child's different. Right. And um, I just remember uh, 
just being worried all the time and it was really hard because Isaac wanted to know what was happening the whole time. Every time I would breastfeed, he's like, what are you doing? What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, right. Throughout that curious Why age. Why are you doing that? <laughs> like, I was like, doing something wrong. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so it was just crazy. And then Isaac started getting a little jealous. Yeah. And so he would yeah. cry and pout. And I'm like, oh my God, two babies, two right. diapers. Right. You know, it's like... <laughs> And it was just crazy. Um, how am I going to get through this? I didn't, you know, I was just like. They're hard Taking times, one day man. at a time. <laughs> Jesse was working. And the help wasn't as much as it was the first time around. Right, right. That seems to happen with the second one. Right. And I was just like, I don't think I could do this. Yeah. And then I remember going to a ga- gathering at my sister's house. And everybody's happy to see the baby and everybody right. wants to hold the baby. And I'm like, oh my God, they can't hold the baby because he's going to start crying and they're going to hate him. Like, they're going to be really? like... Really? That's what you were yeah. thinking? Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh my God. So I would literally like go and take the baby away from people. Really? From my family. And I'm like, no, I don't want to burden you with my baby because I know my baby how... Because he was waking up every two hours. He was hours. just difficult. He was, he was a, a challenge. difficult baby. Yeah. Every two hours I would have to breastfeed. <sighs> so tired and, you know and i would tell jesse you know what for mother's day like i just want to you breastfeed no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you breastfeed today i'm over it <laughs> and so i was like okay i just need to get sleep just give me four but isn't hours that sad? it's a holiday to get sleep it's like it's in mother's day we're asking for sleep right it's so sad it is oh and God. so then um then i just didn't realize that i, I was starting to feel like not a little bit like a little bit of panic um it was just really odd until i figured it out until i went to the doctors and he's doing the postpartum not not the postpartum but the post um consultation right right Mm -hmm. and he's like so one of the things i want to ask you is you know how are you feeling are you overwhelmed? And I already knew where he was heading. Right, like, right. And in my mind, I thought, oh my God, he's going to ask me if I have postpartum depression, right. which I don't. Because... That was such a stigma then too. Right. Compared to now, whoa, like you did not talk about that. Right. And so I was like, what does he tell? I, I almost felt insulted. I was like, yes. no, like yeah. I'm, I'm tough. That's what my mom wanted me to, you know, yeah. grow up to be. Yes. Da, da, da expectations and then I'm like no I'm fine and he's like no really like okay let me just put an example out there like you know when you're watching tv and this sad commercial comes on and I'm visualizing the commercials right and I come across in my head this damn commercial that I had seen like two days ago probably that actually made me cry and he's like and you're watching this commercial and all of a sudden you just like start crying (laughs) And I'm like, yes, 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 that's me. <laughs> and the story never gets old. It's just so sad, but funny. We can look back and laugh I know. Now. And I thought, oh my God, I just gave in. Like, what am I, what is he going to say? Right. I don't want to get on any medication. I'm breastfeeding. Right, right. All the panic and fears. That's right. In. And he's like reassuring me. And he's like, look, let's just do this. Let's try this medication. If it's not that, if it's not depression or postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to feel any different. Right. But look at the bright side because maybe you'll feel better. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, I guess I'll go fill the prescription and I'll try it. You know, because I'm very 
cautious of what I put in my body. Yes. So I didn't want right. any chemicals, especially breastfeeding, right? Like right. I said earlier. So I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to tell Jesse? He's going to be like... Oh yeah. Men are very different about yeah. medication, man. They're not yeah. really about it. And so I didn't really want to say anything to him. Yeah. Until like, okay, let me just try this right. out and right. see if it's going to work. And so a week later, I'm like... Oh my God, cleaning my house. I'm in like singing mode. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, what the hell are these pills? I remember even like one of my best friends, um, um, Olga, she's calling me, you know, and she's like checking up on me. And I'm like, you know what, girl, I think I'm ready to have another one. Like, oh, I'm doing so good. God. And she's like, really? I'm like, heck yeah, like this is easy, easy peasy. You know, I'm ready to have another one. And I want to have it now because they could grow together and oh, just get girl. it over and done with. Yeah, right? you weren't sleeping. We know you weren't sleeping, if that's the case. <laughs> so then it was like, oh my God, like, okay, I was, I did have a little bit of, yeah. yeah so you took the medication, you so didn't I, find it, you took it and it I helped. I took it and it helped. And you didn't, and you, Tell everybody this. You didn't have to take it forever. Right. I right. Think, I you know? Think, and that was uh, one of the things, too, that I was worried about. Like, okay, so right. how long do I have to be on this? Right. Like, you know, do I have to wean myself off and right. all those things? But you know what? Everything worked out. Yeah. You got through it. But I think that I, you know, one of the things that I, looking back, um, again, you know, it's just how we were brought up. Because I look at my mom and I look at, I look at her life. You know, she did give birth to 10. Yeah. Okay. I was the youngest of 10. She gave birth to like half of them, five, five of them she had at um, her little village, Ranchito, mm-hmm. where there were no doctors. They were just yeah. housewives. Right. And she literally would tell me the stories about how she would throw a rope in the ceiling beams. Mm-hmm. So the housewives would come and do like knot the rope hanging from the ceiling beam. And she would have to have the baby standing up. And so she would hold on to those knots. <laughs> Five of your siblings were born this way. Right. Imagine for like the babies that were not already like positioned yes. to come out. Like if right? their heads not like, down. If they're they breached. literally like would yeah. have to go in there and like move the baby around. To get them to... So she successfully delivered five babies hanging right. onto this rope, standing, so, pushing them out. So you know, And we're complaining. People like me complain. Well, that's the problem. That's yeah. the problem that we think, okay, you know what? If she did that, why am I complaining with these little I know, things? I know. And so that's why, you know, that's why it's like so hard to understand postpartum. And yes. From, from my Especially perspective, Especially from right? your perspective and your upbringing. Right. Because and I'm what like, you were taught. Wait a minute. My mom was tougher than this. If right. she did it, why am I crying over this? Right. This is, this is small compared to what she had to go through. Right. 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 And so I just feel like, you know, it's never, it was never brought up. The other thing too that I think um, is huge with our Latino community is, we don't really have the resources. Yeah. I mean, I think I was yeah. lucky that I was born here and I speak the language. Right. Um, sometimes I'll get the little Mexican in me and right. <laughs> the wrong words will come out. <laughs> but um, I love know. when you do that, by the way. It's hilarious. <laughs> when you're trying to figure out a word and you're like, come on, Cassie. Beeps, like, Help beeps. me. Finish. Yeah. With the Eastern candy, the peeps, they're beeps. We call them beeps now. That's okay. I love it. It's adorable. So, yeah. So, you know, just stuff like that. But I think that, you know, I just, I feel so bad for all these women that 
feel like they have to put an upfront of being tough yes. and they don't seek that help and they don't even know the resources they don't and not they to don't. mention like the resources that are available they're not available in their language that's true definitely and it sucks because you know what we're all a community and how they're affected we're we it somehow triggers down it snowballs yes to everybody because then they have children that probably go to school with our children yeah yes and yes. so it just there's a domino effect mm -hmm. and it just sucks because you know i don't know hopefully there's a listener out there that's probably really like hey i've got the resources for right. for your community because it's it's much needed it is it is it is it's, it's a I'm huge problem i'm starting to see a little bit more talk of it you know on social media like that's the know. interesting thing is that there was no conversations like this Happening. right right especially like you said for the latino community the black communities people i understand i'm a white woman and i understand my privilege of having white skin right and it took me a long time to understand what that even means but i have a friend she's a black woman and she has really taken the time to explain what it means right it doesn't mean i didn't have mm -hmm. a, a tough past i have people who know my story i've been through a lot of shit you have right but <laughs> I haven't experienced mm -hmm. anything because of the color of my skin. If anything, I have been, how do you say, I don't know, profited from the color of my skin, right? So I haven't had the negative effects. And it is true that white women receive a different level of care with postpartum depression and, and um, the therapies and because of the access and the availability to it. Right, right. Right, so I don't even know how you begin helping the lower income communities or what right. about the the people who have immigrated here illegally the women who need help how right. do we help them how do you reach them well i think in it, just bringing the awareness because i yeah, think like that's the at first that step. point when i was suffering or going through that um if my mom would have said hey mija like this is what you need to do like when you yeah. go to your doctor's appointment bring it up to your doctor right like now i know it i know better yes like when my kids is partners have children you know this you is know something. what to look for right right yes and so even with my nieces or just with people that I know like you know now I have that little knowledge that if yes. I come across it um share it yes that's it just share it share what you went mm -hmm. through yeah that that personal experience and that's what I think too is like there's been so many times in my life where I've been angry about everything I went through right my past traumas and all this stuff but it's like, I have conversations with people and it just brings an awareness to them that they were suffering with. Like you said, if you just share your story, right. it, it might help another woman completely turn her life around. Oh, I totally Seriously, believe that. Seriously, I, I totally, totally believe yes. that. Uh -huh. So it's up to us as individuals to open up and have real conversations with people and be aware right. of your circle of people. Like, like you said, your nieces or your sons when they get married, their wives, now you know what to look out for. Right. And that could literally save someone's life. Right. Postpartum depression and anxiety and panic attacks, that's not stuff to play with. Right. You right. know, Bobby jokes about this and it's it's funny now because we can, you know, we can laugh about it now. It's not really funny, but I laugh <laughs> at it. He's like, damn, I can't believe I trusted you like with Addie all day long when I went to work. Like you were batshit crazy. You know, like I could, if he would have said that before, I would have punched him. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be able to hear that, but it's true. That's funny. These women are like suffering in silence. And the other thing is that men... For one, they're not wired like us, so they have no idea right. what's going on, right? right? So they feel helpless and they kind of shut down. 
If a man can't fix the problem, I feel like they kind of shut down. Right. And, and they, they don't know what to do. And we can't blame them for that, right? But it's like, I think the reason it's so important for me to have Bobby on here talking is because we went through some shit with postpartum depression. Uh-huh. And he was there for me the best he could. But we can look back now and know exactly where we messed up and what we should have done better. Right. Right? So, like, now there's a whole other side where it's like, men, when their wives are going through postpartum depression, as tragic as it is for right. the wife, what about the man? Right. Like, and you know, and I, I, and I know that like with me, I know Jesse did the best he could. Yes. And again, it comes back to the upbringings because, it does. okay, the he husband, had a similar upbringing, right? Right. Like, so the husband has to go to work. Yes. And you know, he doesn't miss work. He doesn't he provides. Miss, right. He because doesn't there take, were times where I was like, call in sick. Yeah. Begging. Right. And no, I can't call in sick. No. Like, what's my excuse? I'm going to stay home with my wife. Right. Like, no. right, right. And Bobby's <laughs> wired the same way. Our husbands, they go to work every day, right. no matter what. Doesn't matter if they're sick or if something's going right. on they show up for work that's right. who they are and so that's hard too because and that's probably majority of men who are gonna be like well no i'm you know i'm going to work plus that's a safe place for them work is like right. their norm being right. home with the wife who's struggling and the kids honestly it's a lot harder right it's a lot harder mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah that was a that was you know a turning point for me too because then I thought okay I got a little taste of it I didn't have to go through it a long time right I'm glad that I'm so thankful that I caught it early on that Mm -hmm. the doctor caught and asked the right questions that's what impresses me yeah is that your doctor asked the right questions insisted insisted and he was a man right wow I can clap for this guy oh yeah good job and I trusted him (laughs) I trusted him so much because you know he did help me with the delivery of Isaac and I remember um, with Matthew, I was so scared. It was a different birth because right. I felt like he. It was an emergency C-section. Oh, Matthew I was, was so scared. I yeah, I didn't know he was emergency C-section. Yeah, wow. And so um, I what remember happened? just sitting. He just just I started getting labor pains, and I was like, okay, oh, I need to go so, in. okay, gotcha. So you know, I went to see the doctor, and he's like. I'm sending you to the hospital right now. Oh, I'll wow. meet you there in like 15 minutes. And he stopped his practice to, you know, attend me at the hospital. Oh, wow. And while I was in the hospital, um, they're giving me the epidural. And I'm leaning forward and he's like holding my hand and I'm like praying. I'm praying. Oh, poor baby. And once that oh. epidural hit, like. Your prayers were answered, baby. I was <laughs> like, oh, like such a relief. But I remember the first thing that, because everything's like all the noise and everything's like foggy right and you can't even hear anything right yeah but you all you feel is the pain yes it's like a pain i just don't even want to remember oh (laughs) nobody wants to remember but i remember just finally listening to finally like grasping what was happening around me right he's holding my hand and he's praying with me stop it I'm like, wow, like, I trusted this doctor. So I knew that when he asked me those questions, I had to trust him. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. so, yeah, he was, I think I owe it to him. I I love that. Mm -hmm. I see. I think the patient-doctor relationship has changed because when I gave birth to the girls, it was a different doctor than who I was seeing through my pregnancy. See, and that's changed in the health industry where Mm -hmm. now... It's just really whatever doctors wandering around the halls, they're oh, going to deliver would, your baby. That would freak me out. Right. 
Right. And that's actually changed too. That would freak And me that's out. a whole nother freaking issue. So yeah. my, my girlfriend, Elena, who was on one of the, um, well, you listened to the episode. Uh-huh. She had her babies at, you know, home, home births. Yeah. And then at, 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 oh my gosh. But see her <laughs> midwife, like she said, knows her, mm-hmm. knows her inside out, like knows everything about who she is as a, a mom and how she delivers her babies. And she knows, she knows her. her so if she comfort. had, yes. So I feel like with those strong connections and relationships between, you know, doctor and patient, they they know who you are, so they know if you're suffering postpartum depression. Right. So right? do you think that, with that said, mm-hmm. do you think that they're not catching it as much now? Definitely. Or, or... Definitely. I definitely think that, that doctors are overwhelmed because they have so many patients, mm-hmm. and a lot of them aren't able to provide every patient with what they need. Right. I really think that they're so overwhelmed. And so yeah. I don't even really blame them. I think that they just have too many patients to see and too much on their plate. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad. Because, it is sad. Again, like I said earlier, it affects all of us. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. It really does. Because, you know, then you have the, the mother who calls in sick. Yeah. And now it's affecting... The workplace. The workplace. Right. And the husband's at work worried about the wife. And so his job performance then the bills is affected. Start and then the coming in. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay. And there's all is... this pressure. Right. Everywhere. <laughs> I mean, me and Bobby, truly. So Addie will be, what, five in October. Already. Already. Blows my mind, right? <laughs> and we're still mm-hmm. recovering from me having postpartum depression. We are still recovering. Wow. We are in counseling, working on this, like working through stuff. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we're, our marriage is bad right now. Our, our marriage is fine. You know, mm-hmm. we're connecting, we're talking, we're working on things. But this still isn't like in the past. Right. This is still something where we have to go back and talk about our feelings and what we felt during those times. And that's hard. It is. That is hard because we were not connected. We were not on the same page. And there's just no words. But I think, I think that's the beautiful thing about it. I mean, we, we, it's, it's kind of like, okay, so I had to go through this and it sucked at the time. Right. But looking back, it's like, wow, like, what did I learn from that? What was my experience? Like, Oh, don't make me cry. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No. Now you look at him. It's like, okay, so now you have this bond with him that you now you're able to have that communication that it's, it's, it's such a, at a, at a different level. It's a a different level, level, you know? It is. And so I think, you know, you just have to look at what you've learned from it. I do, definitely. Again, and how you could bring awareness to others. Right. How you could help and bring it up. And I know sometimes people take it the wrong way because right now in society there's no wrong or right right and everybody's like judging everybody's pissed (laughs) you know and I do remember um you know I don't know how long it was it's been maybe two or three years ago Mm -hmm. when you know I hardly go on Facebook right and so (laughs) I remember going on Facebook one day and I saw your post Mm -hmm. and you're actually doing a video on postpartum Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were it was Right after Addie, probably. I think it was uh, it was when I was trying to come out of my. Pits oh my of god! Like it just hit me. It struck a chord because yeah. I I re- it took me back. back. Yes, it took me back, and I thought you could relate. Yes, and I thought that was courageous. Like for Aww. someone to actually. You've always told me that and encouraged. Bring me. it up. I like, know. You know, like some of us will just hold back because right. we're so afraid of 
hurting other people's feelings right. or they're going to take us wrong and they're going to see us as weak yes. or for whatever reason. But at that moment, like I felt like she's speaking for me. Yeah. Like this is something that I went through. Like my experience is heard. Mm-hmm. Like I'm being seen at this moment, even though, you know, you did that video whenever, but I just felt like I was noticed. Yeah. And you were speaking for so many of us. Yes. That had, Who were afraid. Right. And so I was just like, wow, that's that's empowering. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. And I'm willing, I tell people all the time, the biggest backlash I got for opening up, um, and, and, it, and it hurts my feelings a lot. It hurts when people say that I'm being a victim. I mm. don't get it. I think that people that, that say I want attention and I'm being a victim, I think they have a lot of issues that they need to go, <laughs> right? I think they need to go work on themselves because... The only reason I share my stuff is because I want to empower other women mm-hmm. so that they know they can get through it. Right. And it's funny because this podcast, I have only tapped into maybe 5% of my story. I have so much to share. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, you know it. my story. You know my story. <laughs> and it's like, it. and the reason we share is because I'm at a good place now, but where I've been in the past, you know, postpartum depression wasn't the only traumatic thing I went through. I've had other things I went through. In those moments when you're in it mm-hmm. and you're really in it, you feel like you'd rather die. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I think most people have experienced something where they're in something that is so bad and so dark and so painful that they just don't want to exist. Right. And when I have been in the pits of that, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't wish that upon anybody. Right. And so if people can hear, like, wow, Cassie went through this, this, this. Oh, Maria went through this, this, this. Whoever went through all these things and they're still standing strong and they're still pushing for a better life. Okay, I can do that too. Right. That's what I want women to know. Yeah. And you know, you know me too. I mean, I'm not one to, I'm very private. Yes, you are. And it's really hard for me to speak. Yeah. My, my my truth to right. anyone because I just feel like okay this is this is for me this is not for anybody to know but at the same time I'm noticing that hey you know what wait a minute like your struggles are somebody else's struggles yes and You've there's going to in... be judgment no matter what oh they're like, judge us no matter what there, there's judgment if you're strong like yeah. if you if you're weak if you're yeah. strong if you go to therapy if you don't if you make a lot of money if you're right. poor it doesn't matter anymore and they're at the same judge. time it's like we're a mirror of each other like we are all of know? us and so people that are not okay with it are probably they see something in you that they wish maybe i don't know but for me it's I just no like clue. you know what uh there's not going to be, we're not equals. So everybody right. has their own perspective. And it's yeah, okay. we're not all the same. We're all so different. Right. Okay. Shifting gears. Uh-oh. You are, <laughs> you are a businesswoman and you've always been a badass in my eyes. I oh, love your, I love you. your work ethic. <laughs> Marie is a realtor, real estate agent. She was with PMZ for a long time. She's with EXP Realty now killing it. She's like, on it, doing her thing, doing her trainings, her mindset. So, um, tell us how long ago you got your real estate license and maybe tell us for any women who are maybe thinking of, I don't know, starting a business or going back to work or anything maybe work related outside of the home, right? Mm -hmm. How over the years have you juggled running your business and having the kids? 
Um, well, to start off, I got my business license, my real estate license back in 2004. Okay. And I started uh, doing it as a part-time. So when I had Matthew, um, it worked because I got to set my own schedule. Right. And so it worked and up until, you know, when they started needing more attention. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, once they become to- toddlers, you're running around <laughs> behind them the whole time. <laughs> So then it started getting a little hard. Yeah. And I knew in my mind, I was like, okay, this is just a phase. It's going to, you know, once they get a little older, I'll be able to accommodate mm-hmm. more work hours. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the mindset I always had. Like, okay, this is, this is just temporary. I know that eventually, but I need to set myself up now for what's to come later. Right, right. And um, it wasn't just my kids that I was, you know, taking care of. I was taking care of my parents. You know, even though they didn't live with me, I was the one that, you know, took care of everything, finances, doctor appointments, everything that I that I needed to do for them. And so, um, but, you know, I think for me, real estate just worked really well. For your life. Right. And one of the things that... Um, why I loved real estate it was because of the helping of, of helping others. Right. I mean, to give the keys to yeah. a to a home buyer, you know, freaking it's awesome. Like, yeah, first time it, It's like you know, that's like my addiction there. Yeah. Like, I just like I love that feeling. You know, it just brings fuzzy feelings. You I know? know. I love that. Or you're even even about like it. even selling. You know, selling a home and knowing that they're going to actually move to another home and right. create new memories right all of that um but I think for me like what's worked and what I would recommend you know business women or just anybody in general that's looking into doing real estate um just knowing that you know what you have to just give yourself that ample time to learn mm-hmm. from someone that's already been through it yep and just ask a lot of questions and not be afraid because there are going to be any challenges are anywhere. Right. Anywhere that you go and work. Yeah, right? for sure. So just know that there's no right or wrong. Like, don't second guess yourself. Right. Like, don't think, okay, should I do it this way? And you're spending so much time Stuck and effort. on that. Yeah. Like, yes. okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Right. And, or should I do that? Should I do that? And just do one or the other. Right. A or B. Pick they're, a path. They're all going to work. Like at the <laughs> end, it's who you are and who's, what it's going to do to you to transform right. you. Right. So that's how I've, I've always looked at it. I know it's, you know, difficult right now with the pandemic and everything, but. It seems like everything, every job place is difficult right now with the pandemic. Right. Everything. The and vibes just are just adjust. Off. You just adjust. And I don't know yeah. for me if it was a, a mixture of, of, um, you know, my father passed away last year and so after he passed away like I I just put myself into the work mode you kicked that was your the, ass into high gear that was the only I way that it. I was gonna be able to like like uh be able to overcome right his passing right and so but at the same time it was gratifying because I knew like okay now it's my moment now right. I, this is me this is there, there's nothing that's going to hold me back. Right. And so I've been doing really good. I've, during the pandemic, actually, I've done better than any other year. I know you have. <laughs> but can you actually, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Can you, and I'm sorry if this makes you emotional. Oh, no. But can you share with us, um, it makes me emotional, 
when, so your father was older, right. very elderly, and already coming to the end of his time, but he did contract COVID. He did. He did. He did. So, um, yeah, it's going to get me really emotional. I know. So my dad, you know, he was like another of my children, you know, I like, I I adored my dad. Even when I was little, like me and him were always buddies and he would take me to work. He worked in the fields. I would work with him and just hang out with him. We were just like, the bond was just so strong. And I'm sure a lot of people have that bond with their dads too, but you know, with it was my special dad, with it was guys. special. I love that he took you to work in the fields. Oh my god, I think that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, talk about teaching you like work ethic, right? And, and it was that. not more f- not to work; it was more to hang out. Like I and remember talk and being like five years old, six years old, and he's you know um, driving the the work truck around and yeah. in the truck, and it was just like for me, it was like like a field trip. Yeah. <laughs> And we would stop and have lunch and whatever, you know. But yeah, during that time, it was a struggle because um, we didn't know what this virus was all about. Right. So I didn't, you know, he did suffer a little minor um, heart attack Mm -hmm. back in February. And so he went to the hospital and then... February of 2020. 2020. So he was transferred over to a nursing home because um, he needed to do rehab. Right. But then COVID hit. Right. And so he was on a lockdown. And so... And I remember there was a period of time you couldn't see him. Right. Here, I... And you were freaking out. I mean, I moved my dad so close to me to be with him every single day. A couple doors down. Yes. He was... He's living... Yeah. He was living, what? Three doors down, right? Right. From you guys. And so, like, for me to have him there and not being able to have any communication in the beginning was hard because I couldn't even get anybody to pick up the phone so I could talk to him. You called me from the parking lot one day in tears because they weren't picking up the phone and you were about to march your ass in there and go off on everybody Yeah, because you wanted to talk to your dad. And people don't understand, like, the beginning of the pandemic, you know, now we're kind of used to it, but when people, when loved ones were passing away, you weren't allowed to say goodbye. And, like, you weren't allowed to... There was restrictions, right? You had you experienced this with your dad, right? So with my dad, um, I remember finally we were able to do Facetime. So I was doing fa- right. quite a bit of Facetime, mm-hmm. and I noticed like he was he was okay, mm-hmm. but it was all of a sudden it just came like a like a ton of bricks, right? You know, I get a phone call and they're telling me that he's not doing well, right? So I'm like, okay, well, what do you mean? Like, what do I need to do? How right. bad is it? And he's right. like, well, he's he's not eating. And so I had to, you know, see if I could come in. And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, you're welcome to come in because, honestly, we don't think he's going to make it much right. longer. Right, And I'm like, no. Like, my dad's strong. Like, he's going to overcome this. Right. I need to see him. Like, I need to see it for myself. So I went in and, you know, I got all the PPE. That was dramatic because it was like, oh, my God, I have to do all this. And all of is it. Is he going to know who I am when you I walk in? You were suited the... up, like head yeah. to toe. Yeah. Yes. And so I walk in and he just looked at me and he said, mija. And he recognized me Aww. behind the masks, you know, and it was, I could see him struggling. And I just remember asking him, Dad, do you want to go come home? Yeah. Do you want us to take you? Mm-hmm. And he said yes. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately went to the station, nurse's station. I'm like, I'm taking my dad home. And she's like, well, I don't think you could do that. 
<laughs> we just tested him for COVID and we don't have the results. And I said, so if he does have COVID, can I take him home? Mm-hmm. And they said, absolutely not. Mm. And I said, well, you don't have the results right now. So I want to take him before you get any results. And it could possibly be COVID. So I want to take him home. Right. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to have to get, you know, the doctor on this. And eventually they accommodated me and we took him home. Mm-hmm. Not knowing, but right, we still took right. our precautions. Yep. I told my boys and Jesse, I said, you know what? I'm moving in with my dad. Right. And um, I don't know how long this is going to be. Yep. So I, I'm i going to be gone. You know, we'll just talk on the phone or FaceTime or, you know, from from outside. Right. And so they were okay with that because they knew. Right. You know, and they, they love my dad. So my brother also did the same thing. He committed himself to helping me or helping my dad actually and yeah um we were we were blessed to have him three more days with us he got really sick and um the day that I got the phone call from the nursing home to tell me that he was positive Mm -hmm. is the day that he passed away and it was sad because at that point you know in his room it faced um the window and so anybody that came to see him um would have to look through the window right and he, he could kind of sense people, his surroundings a little bit, mm-hmm. but I could sense, I could tell like it was already deteriorating. Right. And I remember that morning that he passed away, I called Jesse and I was like, babe, I don't think he's going to make it. So please come and bring the boys mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't think he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I want my dad to be in that environment where he could love hear the and, love. Yes. And yeah. so, yeah, it was really hard because I still have the picture where my son Isaac's looking through the window and and my dad's in the hospital bed, right? And uh, when he passed away, um, we had to call in mm-hmm. and um, we were worried because now we knew that he had COVID. Right, right. So it was a mix of emotions. It's like, oh my God, like, what am I, what's going to happen next? Like, do I have it? And so that alone was so hard because my brother and sister from Mexico flew in and didn't make it to see my dad before he passed. I had to tell her when she got there and it was late at night and we had left the light on in my dad's room and we could all see him through the window and not being able to be around his body, you know? Right. In a sense, it was like, he's all alone in there. Right. You know, and... And the coroner comes and gets him. And it's like, oh, my God, like, I'm standing literally, like, in one side of the the lawn in the front yard. And my whole family, my boys and Jesse, are on the other side. And everybody's in little, like, in their little group because we can't get together. Because of COVID. So <laughs> I'm, like, like, there just standing by myself, not able to hug anybody, like, and seeing my dad just being carried out. It was... That was, I think that was a really, it brought me to my knees. It really did. It was, it was something that I never expected. And, you know, the aftermath too was really hard because I had to quarantine myself for two weeks. I'll never forget that time for you. That was, I was so heartbroken. I remember we texted every day and I just... I think you were probably one of the few ones that would check up on me every single day. Yeah, I did. Because I just... Not just on a daily basis but several times a day and you know i mean i i'm thankful for and blessed for the 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 people that came and 
brought me, you know, food and, and reached out to me mm-hmm. and, um, and was there. But then, you know, unfortunately, there, there's people that struggle with that and couldn't really be there for me right. because of their own reasons. Yes, yes. But it's, 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 it was hard. It I was. It was really hard. And, and my true reasoning for really wanting to kind of bring you to that place and have that conversation is because it took that, that for you to snap back into high gear. You were at the lowest of lows, so low, went through so much, so much pain. And I, and I saw it, we talked, I mean, you were, you were not yourself. You were not the Maria that I know. Right. Yeah. And to see you come out of that and just flourish your goals for real estate, the stuff you're doing, the conversations we're having now, it's incredible. Yeah. I think, um, I think what happened, I mean, I was getting a lot of, um, you know, a lot of support from friends and I remember reaching out to one individual, um, you know, Josie, Josie from Mm -hmm. PNC. So I remember reaching out to her and I was just like, Oh my God, I'm struggling with this and come to find out her dad passed away too. And he had COVID like, and Dur- I think it was the same month or something like and, that. And then you had that common bond right. to share with her. And you guys and, already had a relationship. And she's so spiritual. Yes. You know, she does have right. like um, um, her own little website of um, emotional wisdom, I right. think it is. And just talking to her just kind of gave me like this reassurance. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, different people will tell you the same thing, but the way that it comes out from certain yes. people, yeah. you just grasp it and you're like, oh my God, this is, yeah, this is, this. she's right. And so I remember I was sleeping one day and I'm just like struggling and I didn't want to get up and I'm just like, I know I'm grieving and it's just, all this is going to pass. And I kind of fell asleep for a second, but mm-hmm. it's one of those sleeps where you're not like in a deep sleep. right? And I remember seeing my parents come we were at the house that I lived with them they were coming in because every weekend they would their thing was to go to the flea market and buy all the produce right so I remember seeing them come through the door with all the bags of produce Mm -hmm. produce and I'm laying there on the couch Mm -hmm. and my mom's livid she's like Levantate floja, get up, lazy, you know? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, and I'm like, Mom, like, I can't do this. I don't think I could do this. Like, I miss you guys so much. And she says, I taught you better than that. I know it's hard, but you gotta get up. Do it for your kids. And I was like, wow. Like, I woke up and I was like, I don't know if that was a dream or what that was, but I knew that was a sign or a message. That was a message. <laughs> For me to get up, yep. <laughs> and and I did, I did, and I had to forgive a lot of people because I did push a lot of people away. Yeah, and I had to understand that they also are struggling in their right. own way. Right, and so I just had to learn from it, and it's been it's been a blessing in disguise. As hard as it sounds, and it's kind of weird, and people are probably going to think like, "Oh my God, what is she talking about?" But my father's passing was the biggest blessing in my life. Yeah. It transformed you. It, it I really saw has. it. I saw it happen. <laughs> it really has. And I'm forever, ever th- thankful to him, you know, and, and for my boys for being there because they also suffered. You know? Oh yeah. I was like their second father too. Yeah. You know, he helped me raise them and he was, 
you know, he loved Jesse and, mm-hmm. you know, they were buddies too. And so I know Jesse was in a lot of pain. And But now we're just like, in combination of all that, I think we're just like, we've bonded even more. You guys have. Your family, yeah. your little family has. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Aww. I know that's hard to share. <laughs> Let me wipe these tears yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> um, I, I admire that you always took care of your parents, though. That's something that... I mean, we talked about, you know, cause my dad is like my person. Like I, I love my dad more than anything. Right. And to the point where like, I fear him dying and I'll tell him flat out. Like I just told him a couple weeks ago, I was literally crying. Like I'm a wreck. I'm like, dad, like I, I can't lose you. Like I really need you to like take good care of yourself. Like I, you're one person I can't lose in the world, you know? And I love that I have you. Like it's funny cause I, I always worry about the weirdest shit, but it's like, when I when my dad passes, I know like you're the person I can go to. Absolutely. You know? Do you know what I mean though? Like my also, um, you know, it's it's how you handled everything. You grieved so hard, and there was so much sadness. And I know you loved your dad. I know like that love you had with him, and, and I saw that and I heard that through our conversations and the way that you always stepped up and had his back no matter what. You have a lot going on. Oh, yeah. And I just, you know, I just made my priorities. Like, my dad was one of my priorities. Especially yes, exactly. And, like, he was my priority. That was your priority. And I'm glad that, you know, that I was given that space. That right. Jesse and the boys gave me that space and didn't, like, make me feel guilty. Exactly. Yes. So, and but, I love that. Because... And it's funny you say that, though, about... Of course, I'm going to be there for you. Right. And not just for that, but for anything. For right? everything, of course. But I just had a friend who just lost, um, uh, friends that just lost their father. Mm-hmm. And I remember just seeing a post about their their dad passing. I, I immediately, like, called them. Yeah. Because, you know, I didn't want to be that asshole that never, like, I, my friend's suffering. Why am I not going to call and find out, like, how are they doing? Right. right? And I, That's I've our job. Right. I, yeah, I've been through it. So I immediately called them because I already knew what they were going to go through. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be there. And you realize so much when you lose someone who's really there for you. Yes, you do. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And so I reached out to them and Good for I, you. you know, I just wanted to make sure that they're doing okay. And, you know, I check up on them here and there. But, um, yeah, it's it's one of those experiences that we all are going to have to experience and yeah, it sucks. We experience loss. We it's, lose it's gonna, people. Right. It's going to suck. But, um, I will just tell you that, you know, I wasn't much of a believer of live, at, live the moment, you know, I, moment, I, can, yeah. I never understood that. Yeah. I but, now, that. <laughs> but now I understand that. So, you know, I mean, it's hard to say it and be able to do it too. Yeah. Definitely. So, but yeah, I would just, you know, just live the moment with your dads, you know, every, yeah. cherish every, cherish the people in your, uh-huh. in your circle, man, the people that love you and that you love back, right. cherish them. And like you said, when you saw that post about your friend's dad passing, you reached out because you've been through it. Right. If you've been through something and, and, and I know sometimes we don't know the right words to say to somebody right. when your dad passed and when you were going through everything you were going through, I didn't necessarily know exactly what to say. But I just wanted you to know that I was always thinking about you. Right. You were on my mind. I was thinking about you. I know when I ask you, hey, how you doing? You're not doing good. But it's just so that you know, right. here I am. I'm here if you need me. You know what I mean? I think it's just giving 
the the, the opportunity of giving me that space. Yes. Even if mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, it's just not even even if you didn't have to say anything, just knowing yeah. that you're there, right. just giving Thinking me that about space. You. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful thing because you know, I mean, you you don't have to say anything to tell that other person that you love them. Yes. You know, exactly. and just to be able to be there. Like, yeah, I remember the minute I found out that, that you, you had COVID. Oh my God. I had my back. Like I was like, okay, Seven what do food. I need to do? Like, like okay. you were all about it. Yeah. In two seconds. <laughs> because I experienced something yes. like that. Cause I did think you that had I, a quarantine and you thought right, you had COVID uh-huh. and it was really, and you actually did get like, you were sick. I got sick. And I think yeah. you were just sick because you lost your dad Yeah, and you were grieving and you mm-hmm. were stressed and your body was overwhelmed, but it mimicked the symptoms of COVID. So right. we really thought, and you were exposed. So of course right. we thought you had it, you know, mm-hmm. and you went through that. So you knew what I needed when I was going through it. Right. And we talked all the time through when I had COVID too, you know, <laughs> you give like, take. Hang in there, hang in there. Yeah. Get to do this tea to the Ooh, tea. I know. <laughs> to I the know. orange. You're like, I can't taste anything. I I'm know. like, well, TikTok says great yeah. <laughs> orange. I know. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even want to think about COVID. That shit traumatized <laughs> me. Oh my God. Um, okay. The last thing I'm going to touch on is on our birthday, oh. you are going to be 50. Oh my God. I'm I can't believe 50. you're going to be 50. <laughs> But you're so young and gorgeous. I don't feel like I'm 50. No, you're not. You don't act like it. (laughs) No, I can't believe it. So what are you doing for your birthday? So for my birthday, we're just going to take a road trip. Yep. Wherever it leads us, we're going to be be gone um, probably for two weeks. We're just going to take a road trip. I love it. And enjoy. Enjoy um, each other. Right. I love that. You've been all about that with your your husband and the kids. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like. I love that. I love that. Because that's what matters. Right. That's what matters. That's what I've learned. At the end of the day, my husband and my kids. Like, that's my little team. Right. You know? And it's nice because, you know, you don't have to... I don't have to feel like I need to... You know, I won't be working. Some of the places that we're going now are going to be remote. Like, we're... There's not going to be any connection of any kind. Heck yeah. That's what (laughs) you need. Disconnect. So, and, and it's... And it feels good that you don't have to, like... You could just wake up and put on your sweats or whatever. Yeah. And it's just in your family state. anyway. And yeah, it's you're like, just okay. chilling. Yeah, just feel relaxed and it's much needed. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm happy so for I'm you. So I'm excited. But I'm kind of bummed, though, that we're not going to be together. We're not. We're not. We it's definitely okay. have to do something before or after. We will. We will. Remember we the year that fun. we did the wine, wine and, and roses? roses? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I love that. And then we had to go pick up our kids after. Yeah. <laughs> I know. God, they always ruin it. <laughs> it's always so hard with kids, huh? Yeah. So in your in your almost fifty years of life and all the experiences, we talk about it all day. You, you've been through a lot. What is some of your best advice for moms? For moms out there trying to do the thing, trying to survive, trying to get through, making decisions. I think for for from my perspective or from my point of view is just don't try to be tough yeah you know don't try to be tough don't try to do it all delegate delegate yeah delegate to the people that you could trust that could get it done and you know speak out you know if you see somebody struggling don't turn away from it don't 
don't say, well, that's not my problem because it actually oh, is. It is. Like, if you don't do something about it, like, how can you live with yourself? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Help, help that, you know, that other mother that's struggling. And you never know, like, something always good comes out of it. Yeah, maybe it it's their journey at that moment and maybe you know they need to go through that but just be there for somebody else and I think um just don't put too much on your plate you know just chew a little bit like they say you know how do you eat a elephant right right <laughs> I hear that all the time all these all, all these podcasts I love but... elephants damn them don't say that <laughs> right that's my favorite animal don't talk about my elephant like that okay we'll have to switch to something else yeah it has to be like a, a hippo we could do it okay a hippo yeah. that's big and stupid looking <laughs> don't bite off more than you can chew right yeah absolutely and pick your battles oh girl pick your battles especially oh, like one. in marriage like pick your battles <laughs> like is it really necessary like Stop complaining about the toothpaste. Yeah, Just buy your own right. damn toothpaste. <laughs> For real. I love it. Buy your own damn toothpaste. Don't complain oh. if he took the last beer. Go buy uh. your own six pack. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. I love it. It's so good. I love it. Well... I'm going to have you on here again. You know that. Oh, my God. Maria, Maria, I just want everybody to know, Maria pushed for this podcast, man. <laughs> She's been pushing for me to do this, so I pushed her to get on here as soon as I could. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I have to tell you, like, I'm really, really excited for you because I know you're going to capture a lot of audience. The people that you're going to be bringing on your podcast, oh. I'm super excited. So and I think, I think that a lot of people, you know, need to hear the message. Yes. And I love the mixture of the things that you have. Yeah. Like, it's not just about one thing. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm coming, I, I was really nervous coming here. I was like, okay, what, what is she going to ask yeah. me? Yeah. I didn't have no clue, right? No. I don't I just tell feel guests. so at ease right now. I feel so at ease. I yeah. feel like, you know, We're I'm just talking like we always do. I know. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> I love it. All right, girl. Well. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for your time. Thank you.